Phoenix Lights, Episode 1, by Kit Keller. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us this evening for the Joyce Cigarette Radio Hour. Joyce Cigarettes, the smooth smoke that 9 out of 10 doctors recommend. Rejoice with Joyce. Bum, bum, bum. It's the one for everyone. They're smooth, fresh, mild. A real smoke that's not a joke and never dulls your smile. Joyce, Joyce, Joyce. The doctor's choice. Yes, big thanks to Joyce Cigarettes for sponsoring our program. And now we take you back to the dusty desert streets of Arizona for the mysteries hidden in the heart of a little town they call Phoenix. Back to the offices of Private Detective Pal Vargas. You ever notice how certain instruments have a kind of shorthand? See a man playing a harmonica? Even just hear it, and you know he's down on his luck. You hear a violin, you think, there's a man who don't mess with nobody unless they're worth at least a million bucks. You hear an accordion? That's somebody who wears a bright green suit with a yellow tie. A saxophone? Now that there is sex, pure and simple. Moms all over the country tote their kids to piano lessons every week. And you know why? Because the piano's classy, but it ain't stuffed up. Nobody tells them that their kid's gonna do nothing but raise a ruckus till the neighbors complain. Speaking of which, hey, a guy can't hear himself think with that racket. Thank Christ. Mm, it's too hot to smoke. I need a drink. Detective Vargas, pal? It's mister. Detective mister? Mr. Vargas. Christ, Minnie, you work for me. Not tonight. I hope you're talking to that bourbon and not me. Yes, Minnie, the bourbon works for me. You, however... You'd be working out of a cardboard box without me, and you know it. You got anything useful to say, or you just want to interrupt my thinking time? Your thinking time? Yes, Minnie, I think. I'm a creature of thought. I'm deep and intellectual. I have an inner life you couldn't even dream of. You're shallow, and that cigarette you dropped is about to catch your desk on fire. It's an experiment. I'm putting together a monograph on cigarette ash. Nice try, Holmes. I've read Conan Doyle, too. Congratulations. Be nice, or I won't tell you. You're not giving me much of an incentive. Well, I just thought you'd be interested. In what? A lecture? In a client. Don't play with me, Minnie. It's the middle of the damn night. I mean, why are you even here? Nobody runs into trouble after banker's hours? Nobody who needs to see me. Tell them to go to the cops. The night is my time to brood. Not my time to listen to you nag or to dread telling me their sob stories. Put on your tie. I'd rather choke on it. Go ahead, you got 90 seconds. You know what, get out of here. Shit. It's this damn heat. Everybody and their dog is going out of their damn minds. Including you, pal. Yes, I know. There's something about the desert in June, namely that it's hell on earth with a couple of street lamps. 
There ain't much to the city yet, but what there is is melting out there into the Sonoran like hot tar. Out that window, there's nothing but empty streets. It's too late for the streetcars and too early for the bar flies to stagger home. The air is clear and empty, except the heat makes it waver. I can see the mountains and the stars on the top of them. The stars that I saw growing up in Chicago, almost the same stars I saw in France, or I guess exactly the same ones, just from a different angle. I never gave much of my time to astronomy. The moon's barely an eyelash tonight, and the clouds are building up over the valley. The air has a sort of constant dust to it. Everything warm and brown, like a photograph. This way, please. Hey, come on. You don't want a client to see you slouched over in a chair, sweating like a drunk. Okay, get up and stand out of the window like you're thinking of something important. First impression, Vargas. First impressions. Mr. Vargas, this is Mrs. And if it ain't a sight to see, when I turn, Minnie's in the door with this woman. She's leaning on the doorframe. She's got a suit on so tight, I can't breathe. Not a hair out of place. The kind of woman who's either hiding something or on the lookout for something to hide. All right, let me guess. Rich, <laughs> definitely. Probably widowed. Got a little dog somewhere that looks sweet until it bites. And why is she here? Blackmail, probably. Or a stepkid digging too deep into the circumstances that whittled her. If it ain't blackmail, it's boredom. Yep. A pretty woman looking for a thrill who's read one too many detective novels and thinks a private dick's the best way to scratch her edge. Once, a lady came with some cock and bull about a jewel statue and smugglers. She had me backed into a corner with her lips on my cheek before I could tell her my calendar was already full. <laughs> 46 was a good year. <laughs> Verna. Boy, was she surprised. <laughs> and now this dame. Reclined against the door like Cleopatra. Pursuits the color of heavy cream. So white it soaks in all the light from the lamps and the street lights outside and even the stars and that tiny speck of moon. Her eyes are flicking up and down. She's examining me just like I am her. And she's none too impressed. God damn it, even if I am. God, lovely eyes, gold ringed with brown, honey and molasses. I take back what I said. This ain't a story I'm gonna guess. Now let's see. There are no run in her stockings, and her lipstick is as smart as an advert, gloves as clean as a suit. So see, she's not just coming from a scene of a crime. Not unless she's stone cold or... You're a detective? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I am. Well spotted. I wasn't sure how to start. Well, telling me my job is as good a place as any. It's how they always start off in stories. Well, I wouldn't know. Not much of a reader? <clears throat> I prefer the classics. Ever read, say, Gabario? The primogenitor of the detective genre. Bit of an obvious choice, don't you think? <clears throat> I like what I like. And do you fancy yourself a bit of a Monsieur Lecoq, do you? And what brings you all the way down to my lonely office this fine night? <clears throat> or did you suddenly come over desperate to discuss the merits of literature? Well, <clears throat> this is Mrs. Blaze. Thank you, Minnie. Get you a drink? I wouldn't say no. But would you say yes? I'll get you a bourbon. Behave, pal. 
Thank you, Miss Brown. Neat. Oh, that bottle's empty. Already? I guess you'll drink gin. No, I guess you'll run along and get the lady another bottle. Fine. Since that's your job. I'm going. Turns out I prefer gin. <laughs> so, Mrs. Blaze, how can I help you? What are you looking for on this dark and dusty night? Secrets? Buried treasure? A lost little doggy perhaps? My husband, Mr. Vargas. Not a tawdry letter or a lost dog, and I do not think that your intimations are appropriate. <laughs> fine, fine. Sorry for intimating. It's time of night. It's easy to make assumptions. Understood. I... My husband has disappeared. It's affected my nerves. I keep thinking that... What? What the hell? What the hell is that? What is... What? Suddenly, all I see is light. Some curious, bright object. Motionless, but with the sound of incredible speed. The room is suddenly bright as day, like, like a ball of fire frozen time. The light is... White? Green? Blue? What would happen if you took the northern lights and bottled them all together? A whole year's worth. That's what this is. Massive. So loud. So close. So... What the hell is that? A thunderstorm. Why would it... Not here. Mr. Vargas? M Mr. Vargas, are you all right? What? You should close that window. It's really starting to blow out there. I can see it startled you as much as it did me. What? Listen to that thunder. Monsoons come in early this year. We don't usually get storms like this till August. Yeah, not till August. Here's that bourbon for you. Thank you, Miss Brown. This storm is such a something, isn't it? Pal, why do you have the... Mr. Vargas, why do you have the window open in this? I... You okay, pal? Pal? Uh, yeah, goddamn shell shock. Mr. Vargas. Mr. Vargas? Yes. Sorry. I've come to you because you're supposed to be the best. <clears throat> Minnie. I'll just leave you to it, then. So this husband... We live out at the Air Force Base. Oh, he a pilot? A scientist. That's the other reason I've come to you. <laughs> My stolen reputation among scientists? I must ask if you treat all your clients so combatively. <clears throat> I got no problem with you, Mrs. Blaze. Just your timing. You got any idea how late it is? Have you? Late. Too late to be out chasing runaway husbands. I have money. I can see that. And you are a detective, aren't you? That's what they tell me. Mr. Vargas, if you are determined to play games, I can go up the street to Mr. Atwater. His rates are comparable to yours, his office is located in a better part of town, and his reputation oh, is... All right, all right. Well, this just got me all shook up, that's all. Like you said. I'm here, Mr. Vargas, because I am desperate. I'm here because I need your help. There. Have I asked prettily enough... Are you going to find it in your manly heart to help me? Whoa, 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 Mrs. Blaze, don't take me for that kind of look. If I gave you the wrong impression, <clears throat> okay. Please tell me what's happened. No tricks, no accusations. I'm here to help you. 
please, sit back down, have a drink. If you don't feel like I'm the man to help you, you can take that bottle and I'll give you the names of some guys I think might be able to give you what you need. I'm sorry, Mrs. Boyce. Please, tell me everything. Everything. My husband is a researcher out at the base. He's been working on a project. Very hush-hush, top secret. Locked up so tight there's not even gossip. No gossip? Hard to believe. Worst gossips I've ever come across by Ammon. Not much to talk about on base, but who's doing what, and nothing better than something nobody's supposed to know about. Those are the morsels men salivate over. I trust you that, I trust that shows you just how secret the Alpha Team project is, how important it is that the secrets stay that way. Alpha Team, eh? I can see the Air Force ain't much better at naming things in the Army. So what happened to the top secret Mr. Blaze? Dr. Blaze. Two weeks ago, he didn't come home from the laboratory. Now, that's not so unusual. Mm. No. He often works late or goes out to the desert for a few days working on experiments. Without telling you? Sometimes. You know how men get so caught up in their work. Anyway, I waited a couple days thinking I'd hear from him, but no. Nothing. After three days, I was worried. You know, Alan can be absent-minded when it comes to his schedule, but I didn't never just vanish. I went to talk to his CEO at the laboratory, and nobody would talk to me. Not a word beyond, thank you for your concern, Mrs. Blaze. I've heard those same words from man after man, airman after airman, straight up the chain of command. Thank you for your concern, Mrs. Blaze. No need to worry. Thank you for your concern, Mrs. Blaze. No need to worry. Thank you for your concern, Mrs. Blaze. No need to worry. The exact same words, the exact same tone, day after day, nothing more for two weeks, Mr. Vargas. That's the military for you. When I joined up, I thought I'd found paradise. Here I was, scrawny kid from Chicago, with nothing to my name but wide open eyes and a knack for getting myself out of the scrapes I had gotten into. Button me into a uniform and all of a sudden, I was somebody. I was important because I could understand the things that important men needed to know, and the women. There wasn't a lot of welcome for me as a kid, and no place neither for women or men for that matter who didn't fit into boxes. Growing up, Mama and Abuela and Tia Lupe spent, geez, years trying to get me to behave instead of trying to be just like Diego, my brother. Then I joined up and suddenly I wasn't alone anymore. I wasn't just the skinny kid tagging along behind Diego's friends. I wasn't the older kid coming from middle of the night, coming home with my lips split from fighting. I wasn't the one who made a will a cry by cutting my hair off short and smoking the long cigarettes the bad boys smoked. I was a whack among whacks. And maybe not everyone there had the same story as I did, but most of them did. When the war ended, the army decided it didn't need a ragtag outfit for butchers in uniform. We all got turned out into a world that wanted nothing to do with us. But like I said, I got a knack for getting out of scrapes. Turns out it doesn't take much to make a man. Just a hat and a swagger. That's why I've come to you. Why? You're a soldier, Mr. Vargas. How did you know that? I asked around. 
I didn't want to consult with some busted-up gym crack first number in the phone book gumshoe, Mr. Vargas. I wanted a man who could find Alan. Find out where he's gone or where he's been taken. Taken? Taken? Might as well come in. Mrs. Blaze, I believe you've met my secretary. Assistant. Miss Brown. Hope you could hear all right out there. Oh, I always can. Another drink, anyone? Just sit down. Now, now, what was the last date and the last time you saw your husband? June the 14th. Okay, and you have no idea what he was working on with the Air Force? I might have something. Well, all right, how much do you know? How strong is your bourbon? <laughs> so it's that kind of project. That kind of project. I think I understand why you're here in the middle of the night. I'll get some ice. What's happening in the night skies of Phoenix? Is Vargas seeing the things that aren't really there? And the most pressing question of all, what happened to Alan Blaze? Join us again next week on the Joyce Cigarettes Radio Hour. This has been a production of the Neverrad Miscellany. The Neverrad Miscellany is produced and directed by Conrad Mishuk and co-produced by Megan Taliaferro. The sound effects are mixed and performed by Cody Sean Hazel, who is also reading the credits. Phoenix Lights is written by Kit Keller, with sounds by Cody Sean Hazel and music by Cody Sean Hazel, Kit Keller, and Conrad Mishuk. The announcer is played by William Crook. Hal is played by Shonda Royal. Minnie is played by Janae Hirsch. Emma is played by Jamie Hendricks. The Neverad Miscellany is proudly produced in Phoenix, Arizona, and performed at the Rebel Lounge. If you're going to be in town, check out neverad.com for future show information. Also visit neverad.com for news, extras, and more episodes. There are also transcriptions on the website if you'd like to read along. You can also find the live videos of the episodes being recorded at neverad.com slash YouTube. Get wonderful benefits by becoming a subscription donor at neverrad.com slash Patreon. Please send any questions or comments to info at neverrad.com. If you are a miscellanist working in the field, you may call and leave us a report of your strange and interesting findings at 224-CALL-RAD. That's 224-225-5723. If you're a local Phoenix, Arizona writer or voice actor, visit neverrad.com to apply to join us. If you like the Neverrad Miscellany, be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting service and connect with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash neverrad, Tumblr, neverrad.tumblr.com, Instagram, at never.rad, and Twitter, at neverrad. Special thanks to the Rebel Lounge, the Duck and Decanter, and everyone in the audience for the live program. <laughs>